This podcast series is supported by members at Patreon. If you want to support this podcast series, head to patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. Getting your product to market can often mean large upfront costs to purchase packaging equipment. So why not outsource this step in the operation? Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name's Aaron, and I'm a Cascadian. I have a background in radio and television broadcasting. I'm a music producer, and I have a passion for beer. I don't consider myself to be an expert in beer by any means, but I do enjoy and respect the craft and the passion of these brewmasters. I want to learn from these pioneers and what sets them apart from the rest, and why they choose to call Cascadia their home. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest on the North American continent. It is made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. In this podcast series, I'll be profiling the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. Traditional packaging of beer was in glass bottles, but today you can find almost anything in a can, including craft beer. In this episode, I'm talking to West Coast Canning to learn about their mobile operation. Matt Leslie. I am the uh, co-founder and CEO of West Coast Canning. Cool. And you're not a brewery. I, we are not a brewery, no. But you deal with breweries as well as other clients, right? For sure, yeah. Yeah, you bet. We've dealt with breweries, cideries, a few other random projects. But uh, yeah, breweries and cideries, for sure. What is the advantage to canning your beer? Uh, to be perfectly honest, there are many advantages to canning your beer. Um, well, I mean, the main and the, the the most obvious one is the fact that the can itself is much better for the beer itself when packaged correctly. It protects the beer from UV light. It creates a much better seal than a bottle does. And again, when packaged correctly, you can see lower air pickup in a canning process than you would in perhaps a bottling process. And I mean, yeah, there there's i could go on forever the, the, the marketing aspect of them as well there's just a lot of options that make it better all right well i had to get that really tough question out of the way <laughs> yeah. so when did west coast canning start we started almost three years ago to the day i think it was end of march beginning of april 2014 it was kind of our, our initial start date at moon underwater it was the very first brewery that we canned for and yeah it was almost yeah just over three years ago how did that first day go not great. <laughs> no, it uh, you know it went well. I mean, it was great. Clay Potter and and the team over there are fantastic. They were new to canning. We were new to canning. We had got to you know do it a few times beforehand, but uh, you know it ended up well. We got beer in the can. It was great. But uh, to be honest, we are much better at what we do today than what we did three years ago. So, so how many canning lines do you have? We now have three here in BC, and we also have two in Toronto. Actually, so it uh, yeah, it's been it's. Been been awesome. So, so when did you expand to Toronto then? I didn't realize you were out there. Yeah. So we recently did a little bit of a merger acquisition with the company in uh, Mrs. based out of Mississauga called Sessions Craft Canning, uh, where we became one, one sole entity in October. And so now we have two canning lines out there as well as a shrink sleeve unit out there as well, which is kind of helping us broaden our, our landscape traveled and, and cans packaged. So you are a co-owner, correct? For sure. How did uh, you and your co-owner first come up with this idea? 
Yeah. So actually it was, it was totally my business partner, Kevin Peterson. He, uh, he'd been watching, he loves, that guy has Google alerts set up for everything basically. And, uh, he was sitting there and he was watching the U S market and he was a someone in the packaging game a little bit already. And he'd seen the U S market was modeling the whole mobile bottling uh, of in the wineries. And someone down there was like, Hey, we should do this for cans, you know, reached out to a canning supplier or a canning line manufacturer and said, you know, can you guys do this? And they're like, yeah, sure. We can do that. So they did that back in like 2011 and Kevin threw this idea out to me in like maybe 2012, 2013. And I was from Prince George and I was like, I don't want to deal with craft beer. I thought craft beer was caribou. I wanted nothing to do with it. And so I just decided no at that time. And then Kevin hit me with it again, like a year later and uh, kind of the rest was history. We put together a business plan, raised some money. I moved to Vancouver and then we just went at it. Moon Underwater was your first brewery. How long until other clients came on? You know what? We were probably six to eight months early to the whole industry. Um, because when we came on, it was when Brass Neck had first opened. It was when Main Street was like talking about opening. 33 Acres had just opened. And when these breweries opened and they were so busy just in their tasting rooms that they literally did not have beer to put in a can, which was like a phenomenal problem for them, but a problem for us. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we grinded out. We had a few customers that we worked with and uh, they kept us going, you know, with just Kevin and I. And so for about six months, and then we got through to about January of 2015. And then all of a sudden, like the swarm came in and all those breweries who had opened that previous year were like, we need to go into cans. And it was awesome. And then the whole floodgates opened and we started working with a ton of breweries and uh, it's just kind of continued to grow from there. So what is a uh, typical day for you guys? Like how much prep work goes into uh, getting the line up and running? Yeah, for sure. So basically, um, we normally start at the brewery at seven o'clock. We're probably about 30 to 40 minutes from most of the breweries that we work with. I'd say 75% of them. So our guys show up at the warehouse, six o'clock, all this stuff is loaded and ready for them, uh, kind of in the bay, all their cans, their trays, their rings, their um, lids, canning equipment, quality control equipment. It's all kind of set up there in a line. They bomb it all into the truck, check their sheet, make sure they're good to go, head on out to the brewery, uh, show up at the brewery, unpack, get everything all set up, do the clean in place, get the quality control set up, swab the line to make sure everything's clean and sanitary before they go. Uh, and then they push the button and they start running beer. And that, you know, that all takes, you know, they show up at the brewery at seven, normally up and running between 8.15, 8.30. And then from there, it's just uh, depending on how the beer is, is uh, set up for us, temperature wise and carbonation wise, we'll move anywhere from seven and a half hex to nine hex an hour and just kind of go to town. Cool. And, uh, and then the cans stay at the brewery or do you bring them back here for them? So the cans stay at the brewery. Once they go on to the pack out table, as we call it, it, uh, it, you know, the brewery does their thing. Either it goes into their coolers uh, that they have on site or into their tasting rooms, or it goes into a distribution center like direct tap just down the road from us here. And, uh, and yeah, and then they'll distribute it from there. So you mentioned Toronto, your name, West Coast Canning. Do you deal with anybody down in the States? So on our shrink sleeve side, which is another side of our operations uh, that basically feeds our mobile canning side, as well as, you know, customers who have their own canning lines, we will produce those cans for them and ship them out. And so we ship cans to Alberta. Uh, we ship cans to Washington, uh, Oregon, like once in Idaho, I think. But yeah, mainly on the West Coast, uh, BC, Alberta, Washington, 
it was for a bit there. All right. So what is the craziest beer that you guys have put into a can so far that you can think of? There's been a couple. The guys at Twin Sales probably could like be the top five of all of them. <laughs> they like they have totally like redefined what limited release cans are like here in BC, maybe even in Canada. I don't know. You could just peruse their Instagram and every can that they have would be like one of the craziest ones we've done. Like they they've done a triple IPA, which was like you know, in, in the U.S., there's guys doing that, but up here, there's not a ton of that going on, especially into cans. You might see that in the tasting room, but not really in the can. Oh, they've got some other crazy stuff too. Like, and there's even more coming down the pipe. It's just like, <laughs> just twin sales. That, that, those would be the ones. <laughs> so, from a, a brewery's perspective, uh, how long is the planning stage with you guys? Because obviously, there's, you know, they have to design the label, get it printed. You guys have to wrap the can. You well, first, you got to get the cans, then you got to wrap the can. And yeah. So, how how long is that? planning process from ordering the cans, brewing the beer, and then it's out the door? Yeah, that's actually a really good question that doesn't get asked very often. It So like for new artwork, so let's say a brewery comes to us and says, we want to put our new double IPA into a can. We say, okay, great. You know, we provide them an artwork template, which they will work with our label provider if it is going into a shrink sleeve can. Uh, that whole process generally takes about five to six weeks to get to our facility. Once we have a production date from our label supplier, we'll then work with the brewery on their brew schedule to set up a canning date so that we can time it nicely. But I mean, you know, from recipe development kind of to in the can, you're looking at like six to eight weeks, I would say. Sometimes being that we're in the beer industry and not all of us are as organized as we'd like to be, it's sometimes a lot quicker, but uh, but yeah, about that time. All right. So, But you guys are canning now with the upcoming summer every day, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's yeah, every day and then some weekends. So what about a brewery that might not be putting their stuff into bottles or cans at the moment or only doing bottles? What advantages would they have coming to you guys for canning? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, the biggest and the like foremost ones that just smack you in the face are you don't have to buy a $150,000 canning line that you might only use once a week. Um, not even once a week. Some of these guys only use them once a month, you know, so it's going to take you forever to pay off that line. Of course, you'll scale up and you'll begin doing more. But what you're going to do is you're going to tie up capital. You're going to tie up warehouse space that should be dedicated to brewing beer. Um, you're going to tie up space with with cans and, and all that. Our service just gives breweries an ability to take Take advantage of basically a pay-as-you-go basis. Of, of course, you pay a premium for it. It's something you contract out, but a hundred percent, it it is worth it in the initial runs to get to a point where you can then, you know, our our business model is set up for some breweries are going to buy their own canning lines. That is completely and perfectly normal, and so they should. Some breweries, it just does not make sense for them in a certain period of time to do that. So, you know, I mean, mainly like, yeah, just to go back to that question, it's just the cost and the, the space savings that it allows for sure. And you guys have quite a big warehouse because you've just moved to this location that we're at today, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we have 25,000 square feet here that give breweries, uh, you know, I mean, we can provide storage options for printed cans. Uh, you know, we do the ton of the sleeve cans where we get them all ready for them before the actual day of canning. And, and yeah, it's just, we try and do all that for them. Uh, and then, you know, charge it out at what we consider to be a fair rate and uh, and just make it easier for them to get into cans. So you just got a third line. Yeah. Do you think you're going to get a fourth line? Yeah, we will need a fourth just because the, our third line right now, come this winter, we'll go to Alberta full-time and we'll be set up out of Calgary full-time come March of next year. So uh, yeah, there will be one here that we'll, we'll need. We'll need three here. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, there'll be a fourth. <laughs> And uh, just from your observation as like kind of 
kind of an outsider of it. Uh, how do you feel the, uh, the beer scene is in Vancouver? Do you think it's getting a little too big or do you think this is kind of a comfortable ratio that we're at right now? Well, you know what? It's, it's a really good question because, and people ask it literally all the time because it's just simple business. You know, people believe that when things become too saturated, which I mean is totally perspective. It's just someone's idea of what saturated is really. Uh, there's always going to be a bubble, you know, and I, I put quotation marks up because that's just like an industry standard term or not our industry in, in relation, but just like industries, you know? And so I personally don't believe it's even close to being saturated just because of, you know, you look at the guys in Washington and Oregon and there are literally twice as many breweries, if not more. Um, and they still have breweries popping up. They have breweries going out of business too. I mean, you know, this isn't, it's not bulletproof, this business, bad business and bad beer is going to be what is ultimately some people's downfall, unfortunately. But I mean, the Vancouver market, the Vancouver consumers, I mean, they want more beer. I mean, I'm a, I'm a beer consumer. I go to all these places every weekend and I'm sure you do too. Like it, uh, it's not going away. But certain things are going to happen. The consumer is going to become more educated. They're going to know what good beer is. You know, they're going to need to be persuaded by people's social media as to like, you know, the new swag that they're carrying or the new beers that they're releasing or the new events that they're doing. Or that new patio. Or that new patio. Yeah, yeah. totally. Right. Like that's going to, those are going to be game changers. And it's going to, I think it's going to, we're going to see, you know, in the next five to 10 years, twice as many breweries in this province, I think personally, because we can support it is my thought. Right. And then very tough question for you because I know you got clients, but what's your favorite beer? (laughs) You know what? I'm going to say I really have enjoyed like the session ales have become a big thing, you know, in the last, the last year, everyone loves those hoppy, hoppy beers, but they're not the ones you can put back about six of them, you know, just in case you're on that park in a hot summer day. Um, so I've really enjoyed the session ales. Um, the talisman from strange fellows is one of my favorite go-to beers. It's just so, so good. I'm not going to use the word crushable because that's like, <laughs> that's like what everyone uses, but it's, uh, it's great. 33 acres. Uh, we just started canning their ISA as well. That's a heck of a beer. Uh, just like really good drinking. So yeah, probably just the ISAs. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, sir. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. That was wonderful. Thank you so much to Matt for his time because it was a very busy day when I was there. So really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Matt. And the next time you go to grab some beer from your local liquor store or from the brewery itself and you grab a pack of cans, just remember how much work has gone into that. Thank you so much again for listening. If you really liked this episode and enjoyed it, why not leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer or on Twitter at Cascadian Beer. And remember, this is an independently produced podcast series and your support can come from a simple $1 per episode donation at Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. Thank you so much again for listening. And until next time, remember... Support your local.